welcome back to the sports bubble um we've seen him doing a podcast a day now i don't know what's happened but the thing's gone wild uh, yeah we've, we're moving up in the world boys and girls um it's myself jd and brenton tonight and we're going to be joined uh very shortly by ronan murphy from gold.com and their prominent uh bundesliga uh reporter and he's going to be chatting to us about obviously the timo werner deal and a couple of other things going on in the Bundesliga, so we're very excited about that. Um, it is Sunday, the 7th of June, uh, coming up to quarter to nine. And quickly, before we, we bring Ronan on, uh, our beloved JD gave himself and Brent a scare yesterday, uh, folks, because he announced to us, did I tell you he had to get a corona, or COVID-19 test? No, he hadn't told us. Um so obviously we haven't seen him anyway, so we didn't need to fear for any of our lives or anything because he's been a very, very well-behaved boy for once. But Johnny, just sort of um, let everyone know what that was like uh, getting that test and like what what sort of happened and how and how it came about. Okay, well, so um, I've heard well since I've told people a lot of them came back to me and said like they've heard a lot of horror stories about the COVID nineteen test. I don't know really where they've heard these things like. Um, it wasn't that bad. Like, um, it was like, basically, it was like a drive-through. And this weekend, it wasn't the drive-through I thought I'd be going through because I thought I'd be going to McDonald's drive-through. But, um, turned out we went tonight instead. Uh, <laughs> <Mother>. So, <laughs> it was at the MOT center in Creoven, which you know I never even knew was the COVID nineteen test center. So, no. I drove in, and you're waiting a couple of minutes, and then they give you your wee test through the window and you just test yourself you get a wee swab and you put it into the back of your mouth where your tonsils are meant to be and down the back of your throat and then up each nostril and you put it in the bag in a wee tube and that's it you know it's not that bad um i haven't heard these so-called horror stories about the COVID 19 test but you know if, if that's a horrible experience for somebody then i don't know so you must, you, you must get out of the house like you put the <laughs> You put the same swab down your throat and then up your nose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lovely. It was nice. It was like, you know, you get it right up there and throw out all, <laughs> all the boogers. You know, it's nice. It's nice. You're like, yeah, take a bit of that. Test that. Test do, you know what I, do you know what I would actually love, Don? And this might, we might lose a few listeners here. I'd love to get my nose waxed. You know what you see, like with the cotton buds in some shows? Uh, or I think didn't Joey try to get something like that in Friends? I don't know. Anyway, and they went up their nose, and then you just rip all the hairs out. I th- I feel like that would be so pleasing because I am constantly nasal. I, constantly I, I think you need those. I'm constantly I, nasal. I'm constantly hoking up my nose. I'm a nose picker. Like I don't care anymore. Everyone knows that I'm a nose picker. I enjoy it, and I'm constantly up my nose. And I, I think it needs a good. You just said that, Johnny. You're like it went up my nose, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that'd be so amazing." I might actually go and get one, like, go and get one, just to get the wax on, just rip the hairs out of my nose because it's. Yeah, I, I've heard horror. I've seen horror stories as well, and then I saw um, Ennis Cantor from the Boston Celtics. He he was obviously getting one done to. I think he. I don't. I think he's maybe had one before, and he was maybe showing people um, what it's like. To get it, you know, so everyone can expect what we going when they go into Orlando here for the um, the NBA playoffs. And it's like you sort of described; it was up his nose, and he seemed okay. But um, I'm glad we're obviously glad you're all right. Uh, that was quite discouraging when you announced into the WhatsApp group you were getting this. But what was it like though, waiting on the test? Was it anxious moments or? Um, I honestly, honestly didn't give a shit. 
because <laughs> I knew I didn't have it. I knew I didn't have it. But um, like, even if I did have it, you know, I'm, I'm young enough to kind of get over it. Unlike a lot of like a lot of older people who unfortunately don't have the immune system to cope with it. But you know, even if I did have it, I, I would have been fine. I'm sure. But no, honestly, just was anxious to get back out of the bloody house because my head was fried after a day. So um, yeah. I was fine with it. <laughs> I think as well, the most important thing here is how is Spud? Uh, Spud, uh, Spud now has a new home. Hmm. Not that we give him up, but uh, he now is staying with my partner's dad because he lives on his own. So it's a bit of company for him, but we still see him. Like We've seen him tonight uh, after Teresa got her results back, saying it was negative too, so we went down and seen him. So uh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't live with us anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's obviously devastating news there. It's a, it's a great start to this podcast. I'm I'm sure everyone in the world is like, "Fuck me, you boys are the Grim Reapers." It's devastating for you, but I'm sure Spud's happy enough, like to get away from you. Yeah, I'd say Spud's delighted. Uh, probably. <laughs> like he can't troll me anymore, so you know what? Fuck the wee shit. He can go stay down the road if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> so you're back. You're back to trolling us now and the listeners. Brilliant. <laughs> Just what um, we needed. Trisha um, gets it far worse, believe me. Um, <laughs> before we bring uh, Ronan in um, onto the show, Breton, we had Liam Toomey on on uh, Friday. Who knows what that was now? I can't remember. <laughs> With Liam Toomey on on Friday, and um, he was brilliant. It was class for both of us to to chat to him um, and hear about the tricks and the trades of being a, a a football reporter in the Premier League and for Chelsea. Um, and then he sort of talked about transfer deals or whatever and sort of made me feel like Timo Werner was joining Liverpool and and the strangest thing happened like we got off the podcast and within about 36 seconds Brenton had sent me a screenshot that Timo Werner had agreed to join Chelsea and I was thinking like I, there's no way uh, Liam did not know that one of the top journalists uh, if not the top journalist at, at the um, at the Destination Club didn't have any idea about it I'm, I'm not quite sure but um, I'm glad he, he kept his professionalism intact anyway um, but yeah I think that, you know I'm glad actually that we asked him about Werner um, if you listen to the pod um, right at the end we, we sort of asked him about um, any of the, the transfer rumours going on um, and Werner was one of them so um, he spoke to us a bit about about him and and he did kind of say that <clears throat> Liverpool was his preferred destination as far as he was aware um but then obviously everyone I'm sure has read and we'll hear more from Ronan about uh, the financial situation and and just it seemed to work out exactly right for Chelsea um and and since then uh Liam and the Athletic have have put some great stuff out on, on Werner and, and how the whole thing happened, as well as Johnny's personal hero, Orny. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say, you know, you, like, you're very lucky I wasn't on that pod last week. Because, you know what? <laughs> there were digs thrown. Not by me, Jonathan. No, I don't, I don't know how you kept your cool. See, that was me. Oh, them we Chelsea scumbags, I swear, they would not have got away with that. Friggin'. The, the, they were talking. 
Mr. Mr. Tall was very very excited all week, so I, I, I didn't want to jump in and think, so I let him tear on, and he you had a great wee time, Brent, didn't you? I had a lovely time. You had an absolute lovely time, and um, we've got. Don't worry, don't worry. We've we've got we've got Simon Hughes from the Athletic, the, the prominent uh, Liverpool journalist, uh, has agreed to come on, and we're gonna get we're gonna get someone <laughs> from Arsenal. I can't promise Orny Jonathan. I can't promise him, but we'll work on it, and we'll get an Arsenal podcast for you. And you can do whatever you want. You can be in charge of it. I'm telling everyone now that listens at home. I'll let Johnny be in charge of the whole podcast. He can do, talk about whatever he wants. And it'll be a lovely listen, I'm sure, for me and Brenton. What, uh, out of interest, Jonathan, what bets or bets offended you? Oh, just, you know, your whole Drogba bullshit about how I always scored against Arsenal and then Tommy <laughs> Abraham <laughs> and all this. So Tommy Abraham's baptism of fire always scoring. You know, we scored like, what? How many times he scored against us? Like, once? Shut up. I, I can't remember. He scored the winner at, at the Emirates, though, I'm pretty sure. So uh, that's good enough for me. One anyway. game. One game. <laughs> he didn't score the winner at Stanford Bridge, tell you that. Not yet. Um, yeah. We shall we shall get something sorted for you, John, because I think it's only fair we cover as many teams as we can. Um, we've got David Downey as well. He's going to agree to come on. He, he does um podcast for the Blue Room. Um, and he's on stuff for Radio Merseyside. He's a massive Evertonian, a brilliant um, journalist as well. So, I'm um, podcast. He's going to come on and give me abuse for being a red shite, which is funny enough. Um, so, I'm looking forward to that. And we also have Sir Mulkerns agreed to come on from the BBC to chat to us about the golf because the PGA Tour starts back and the, the LP, LPGA Tour is going to be starting back as well. Um, I think it's in July the Ladies Tour starts back. So, be interesting to get. Sir's thoughts on that. I'd also like to talk to Sir about the women's football because obviously um, the WSL ended this week um, and obviously Chelsea won that, Breton. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah, Liverpool were relegated and unfortunately I don't think there's any arguments with that but what I didn't know was what, what was going on behind the scenes at Liverpool and how they weren't really well looked after which was really disappointed in so I'll hopefully get um, some, some of the people around the WSL that are more... Um, informed and us coming on and be able to educate us and tell us what's going on but um yeah exciting thing is coming up on the sports battle um so up next is going to be ronan murphy uh, it's probably going to be a podcast ronan and brett and talk about team of Werner, but me and john will be here for it anyway i um, hope you enjoy it and uh speak soon good luck so we're joined once again on the sports battle by uh, ronan murphy from gold.com hello ronan hello guys how are things not too bad. Um, it's myself, Brenton, and JD here. Brenton obviously is very excited because Chelsea are about to sign um, and get it done and dusted, the Timo Werner deal, um, which popped up on Friday, I think it was. Um, so, Ronan, can you just quickly talk us through for what went on and how this uh, emerged then, um, the, the, the deal for Chelsea to sign Timo Werner, and how much of a good fit do you think he'll be at Chelsea? Yeah, I think Chelsea have been interested in him for a while now. He was kind of one of the players they were looking at in January, but then, then again, they, they didn't sign anybody in January, and they, they had to. They were looking at different forwards, and, and Cavani was even touted there for a while, I think, and Giroud ended up staying at the club, so they didn't really sign anybody else. And they were they had been looking for for a new forward for months, and I suppose they've been on team of under straight. Jaden Sancho is obviously their other main target at the time and still remains one or kind of a, a key target but I'm not sure if they're, they're going to spend the money 
on him now that they've that they've brought in Werner. But yeah, so they've been looking at him for a while, and I suppose everyone kind of thought that Liverpool were going to sign him, especially the way Werner was talking about Liverpool in the media. He was kind of praising Klopp. He was calling him the best team in the world, and he seemed to be he seemed to be trying to angle for a move to to Liverpool himself. But with the coronavirus and financial situation as it is, Liverpool don't seem to be able to afford him at the moment. And financial reasons is the, is the reason that Liverpool haven't gone in for him because they were looking at furloughing staff a few months ago and the, like the, the non-playing staff. And you can't really want to take the government's money in one hand and then with the other hand spend 60 million euro, 54 million pounds on, on a new forward. So yeah, you, you can see why they're not in the financial position at the moment to, to spend that sort of money on a player and why they wouldn't because it would be a, a PR disaster if they they spent big. They're probably maybe what you'll see at Liverpool is maybe they'll sell players first and then they'll be able to bring in some, some players. But uh, yeah, Chelsea sees the opportunity. Obviously, they've, they've been in talks with his agent. They've been in talks with the player. And RB Leipzig's chief, Oliver Minslaff, has come out and, and said that he hasn't heard anything from Chelsea yet. But that's not really a surprise because with release clauses, that's kind of the way things go. The Leipzig will be the last people probably to know to, to be told anything official, the same as like when the big transfer a few summers ago was Neymar to, to PSG and it wasn't wasn't until to, to PSG were ready to pay the £222 million for for Neymar that they actually went and talked to, to Barcelona about anything. So it, it's the same sort of thing. So I know a few Chelsea fans were sort of panicking, what does this mean? But it's just kind of part and parcel of transfers at the moment. And then the second question, how will he fit at Chelsea? I think he'll be a good fit for Chelsea. I think it'll it'll suit him and the, the kind of way that Frank Lampard is trying to build a young, quick attack and he'll kind of fit in. He'll, he's obviously plenty of pace. He's got goals in him. And it just depends what kind of formation Lampard's going to go, whether it's stick with a 4-2-3-1 approach and maybe play Werner on the wing rather than up front. And maybe Abraham will be... The, the target man and then, then have Werner play off him and maybe Zayek in behind and, and Pulisic or Hudson Doy or something on the other wing. So, or he could follow the RB Leipzig model and have two two forwards and Werner being one of them. But it, it's kind of hard to see him being a standalone, just forward by himself. As we've seen it a bit for Germany and he hasn't really, he hasn't really pulled up trees there. But that said, he's he's still on twenty four so it might be something he develops into because Julian Nagelsmann has praised kind of the progress he's made this season and he's kind of picking up more of a number 10, 10 role at times for Leipzig and he's praised that that aspect of his game of coming on. So uh, I think Werner will be a success at Chelsea. He mightn't score. He mightn't be the top goal scorer in the Premier League next season, but you can kind of expect him to score 15 plus goals as he gets used to the Premier League in, in his debut season, I'd say. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, Ron. Like, obviously, um, everyone thought he was going to Liverpool up until last week, and, and he made it so so public how, um, how much he admired Klopp and how much he admired the club, etc. Do you think, you know, Chelsea should be worried about that in any way because he, he was so public about it? Or, um, and also, the, the second part of my question is how good, you know, obviously, you, you'd be watching him. For, for a long time now, how kind of good do you think he, he can become and do you think he will be the type of player that'll that'll fit in with the style of the Premier League because it is slightly different? Yeah, I don't think it should be too much of a concern for Chelsea. We, we see this all the time. Obviously, 
every player would want to move to a team that are contending for for the league title and our Champions League winners. And obviously, that's not not possible for every player. So I don't think it's a huge, it's a big deal. He'll he'll probably be asked about it a few times, all right. And especially when Chelsea play Liverpool next season, you, you you'll hear a lot about it. But it'll if he starts scoring goals for Chelsea, they won't really care. And Liverpool fans will probably be probably really annoyed about the fact that this is happening. So, and I answering your question, I think I think he will be he will be a good player in the Premier League. It might take him a short while to get up to maybe the the higher level of physicality that is in the Premier League than is in the Bundesliga and the kind of defenders that are in the Premier League maybe the defences aren't as open as he may be used to in in Germany but we've seen him for Germany and we've seen him finish as top scorer in the Confederations Cup a few years ago back in what 2017 mm-hmm. so he, he's obviously proven that at the highest level and he scored a goal against Tottenham in, in the Champions League I know for the penalty spot but he, he can do it in the Champions League too so there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be able to adapt quickly enough to the Premier League do you think Leipzig will lose any more of their key players? Uh, sort of. I was a bit surprised to hear that, that they had to do it for financial fair play reasons. Sort of the reason why they sped up the transfer. The talk was that Liverpool were going to try and maybe wait, or uh, Werner um, was maybe going to wait to next year or whatever, and, and, and get it done then. But do you think that maybe there's maybe a few others that will possibly be on their way out at Leipzig and Nagelsmann's trying to build a side that wants to challenge for the Bundesliga they're sort of stuttering at the minute and they're not going to win it now but yeah do you think Leipzig could be one of these teams that will just sort of get ripped apart by some of the bigger clubs in Europe for some of their players I wouldn't necessarily think so some of the players are obviously linked with moves away Sabitzer was one especially after that Tottenham game in in, in the Champions League he was even linked with Tottenham he, he's one of them obviously and, and Poulsen gets linked every year with a move away but never seems to and he's kind of been there since they were in, in the lower divisions and as they worked their way up so maybe Forsberg could be the, the biggest name that, that will leave this summer because I'm not sure he fully fits into Nagelsmann's plans anyway and he has talked a lot about wanting to take the next step in his career so he might be the one to move on but I think even if they lost these kind of players, there's there's other players in the in the squad kind of ready to step up. So, Foreigner is the biggest one; he's going to go. But I think everyone else in the squad is probably irreplaceable at the moment. And and Leipzig have such a great scouting system and the whole kind of Red Bull kind of empire with Salzburg and the way they they bring in players maybe from from lower down and kind of lesser known players and bring them through Salzburg and then into into Leipzig. I don't think the Leipzig will have any problem kind of replacing whoever they, whoever to get rid of it. I think they should kind of be the team in the next few years to maybe end Bayern Munich or at least try to end Bayern Munich's dominance. Even without Werner, that's interesting because obviously you're you're the expert in this. We look at it from afar. But we you would hear talk of Werner and, and you would look at it and think he is their key man. But one of the players that interests me, and I know Jedi's got a question for you next, is is um. Conrad Leimer, that sort of the young, the young midfielder from Austria, plays for Leipzig. Anytime I've seen him, um, he's always been an absolute bundle of energy. Um, he's like um, Lalana on steroids at times. The way that when Lalana was in his first two seasons under Klopp, and he just was everywhere like a lunatic chasing the ball. But Leimer's one that interests me. Is he one that you think could make the next step? I think he does. I think he has that kind of drive, like you say, it's the way he plays. But he he definitely has that sort of kind of 
relentless ruthlessness about him that maybe will allow him to make the step to take the step to the next level and you'll probably see it in the next couple of years at, at Leipzig he'll become one of the key players for the team and that it, it's players like this and it's it's the coaching that Nagelsmann does that maybe pushes these players on to be better than they were and and you saw it when he was when he was coaching Hoffenheim that a lot of the players kind of came on leaps and bounds while he was in charge and when they sold him and or, or even when he left they just didn't have the same level at the next clubs so I, I think it, it's a good fit for him at the moment and, uh, but I do think maybe Limer has had the kind of all-round game to succeed even if he were to play under a different coach and he were to move on to to, to a bigger club or even to a Premier League club. Hi Roland it's, uh, it's JD uh Phil's tried to keep you away from me for as long as possible for understandable reasons. Uh, I so, hear you're contagious. Yeah, well, that, that is debatable. Uh, so uh, our our former club captain at Arsenal, Granit Xhaka, was linked with a move back to the Bundesliga in January. However, that, that didn't happen. Um, it seems like he's turned his form around, but I'm just wondering, I'm sure a lot of Arsenal fans are wondering, because Xhaka has become quite important to Arsenal now. Has there been any rumours of Shaq and maybe going back to the Bundesliga this summer has there been any interest no not really I think the interest was there in January obviously that, that, that you talk about but he seems to have kind of gotten on board with what Arteta wants to do at the club and it seems to be Arteta kind of convinced him to stay despite part of Berlin being heavily interested in him and they seem to have maybe turned their own attentions elsewhere just talk of Goethe or Draxler and obviously Toussart is coming in from Lyon in the summer they've already agreed that deal so I, th- I think Horta would, would probably be the likely destination for him, but because they've moved on from that, I wouldn't see him leaving Arsenal. And there, there's been no word that any other Bundesliga team is interested in him at the moment, anyway. Well, that, that, that's good news to hear. Any takers for Mustafi, you know? Or... <laughs> okay. How, what are you throwing in? Is it like there's something to sweeten the pot? <laughs> like, are you, are you getting are you getting a few free jerseys or a free ball or something as well? Probably worth more than Mustafi. Uh, probably. Poor so. Mustafi gets a hard time. Poor Mustafi. Mustafi on this spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, Roman. Obviously, the, the, there seems to be quite a lot of kind of exits from the Bundesliga, or or you know, so so we're kind of led to believe this summer, especially. Kai Havertz, obviously the the other big name, um, and seems to be attracting a lot of big clubs. In fact, all it seems like all the big clubs in Europe. Do you think he would prefer to to stay in Germany, maybe Bayern, or would he like to go elsewhere? Yeah, I wrote a piece there on Friday, I think, about it, and kind of looked at the the each individual kind of club that he's linked to and their chances of getting him, and spoke to obviously all different different correspondents for a goal and. It seems to be that Bayern Munich have the best chance at the moment, but it's not 100% clear whether they'll make a move this summer because obviously Leroy Sané is, is their key target. and you'd be, you'd be thinking that they will go for him and maybe won't have the money to buy a second player, a second kind of marquee player, essentially, to be spending over 60, 80 million on the players. Whether they're whether they're able to wait it out a year like they maybe wanted to do with Timo Werner and get him for free this season, or like they do, did with Leon Goretzka and the, the, these kind of deals that Bayern Munich always end up doing, whether that will be able to happen, is it kind of depends on if anyone else makes a move for him. But you, you kind of look around, and maybe Real Madrid are the only team that have the finances at the moment because Barcelona need to sell players before they can buy any players. And 
Lautaro Martinez of Inter seems to be their main target. Liverpool obviously have no money. As we mentioned with, with Werner, they don't have that sort of money anyway. Chelsea have signed a, new, a couple of new attackers, so do they need to sign a, a Kai Havertz? Man United, they would be definitely a, a potential one. They have they probably have the money, but Jadon Sancho is probably their main target. So it kind of looks like he's either going to Bayern Munich or he's staying at Leverkusen for another season. So he's talked about wanting to move abroad and he'd be happy to move abroad, but he, I, I think even people in the club are aware of Bayern Munich's interest and aware of the kind of draw of Bayern Munich. So it seems to be that he probably will end up at Bayern Munich, just whether it'll be this summer or next summer. Do you think he? Do you think he would? This might sound like a stupid question to you, Ronan. Obviously, but do you think he'd start straight away in Bayern Munich's team? I'm not necessarily sure he would start. I'd say he'd probably be, he'd probably be in the team now and then. But I'm not sure he'd start every single game. You'd probably be looking at him maybe as the successor to Thomas Muller in that team. Maybe being the new number ten in the long term. They'd probably rotate between the two of them as they, as they get to, to kind of grips to one coming in and either going out perhaps. Maybe that's a, another reason that Bayern would be happy enough to wait another year to sign him, as well as the finances of it. But to be able to get another year of kind of Muller in his prime and then maybe able to, to slot seamlessly and move across to, to Havertz in 2021. Where, where does that kind of leave? I know recently Chelsea were seemed to be interested in Coutinho the last couple of windows. And I know that obviously this pandemic has, has left it maybe difficult for the likes of, of Coutinho to leave with you know, a player who's on such big wages. Do you think he'll stick about at Bayern? Or? No, I, I, he's not going to stay there. They'll ex- probably extend his loan, obviously, to, to the end of the, the season if it ends up going the Champions League goes into August or, or late July or something like that. But yeah. I can't exceed him extended anyway beyond that. The 120 million obviously is ridiculous at this amount. Even yeah. Barcelona don't know that he isn't valued at that anymore. But I don't think Bayern are prepared to negotiate even half that at the moment because there's other options out there. Kai Havertz it probably wouldn't be that much more expensive, and he's much younger and he's playing better at the moment. So, so why would they go for him? So you're, you're probably looking at some other team will have to take a gamble on him because Barcelona don't want him either. He's just too expensive from a wages point of view. So they'd be looking to, to kind of clear house and hope someone may be willing to take him on loan again for a year with the hope that he succeeds and then they can get rid of him next summer. You were on, on Bayer Leverkusen. There was um, Leon Bailey broke, like, announced himself um, and everyone in, in Europe. Well, he probably was there for a lot of people beforehand, but a lot of other people announced himself with um, a couple of stunning goals for Bayer Leverkusen. I think it was two years ago, two seasons ago. And then he sort of went off the boil a little bit, but he was always sort of seen as the, one of the next big superstars in the Bundesliga. Do you sort of do you think he can regain that and get back to that level that he seemed to he seemed to be right on a, a periphery, going right to the very top? And he was rumored to be linked with all the big clubs and I'm going to be going for an outstanding amount of money and such a superstar in the making. And then it just, as I said, just sort of fizzled out. But do you think he can regain that and, and maybe come back? He probably can if you look at him. And you, you kind of watch him regularly, you see that he still has that that kind of aspect to his game that made everyone kind of look at him initially. He, he still has that, that those moments of magic that he's able to do, like, like Coutinho does, but maybe more regularly. But, but what you see 
is too much inconsistency from Bailey. That that's maybe why another team hasn't decided to pull the trigger on him and make a big bid for him because Leverkusen will obviously look for a lot of money for him, but he just needs to do it on a week in week out basis and he probably needs to get his head straight and maybe a lot of that is kind of the external influences and we know his his dad is always kind of talking in the media and trying to big him up but maybe he he needs to kind of focus on his on his game rather than anything else and maybe that maturity will, will come in, in the next year or two but he's he definitely shown at times this season that he can be a world-class player he just needs to do it every week or nearly every week for Leverkusen it's just that's not something that's there at the moment it's, Maybe he's just a year or two away from it. I remember watching him, and um, I think it might have been against Hoffenheim, and he was unbelievable one night. It was a midweek uh, league game, and he was absolutely unbelievable. I remember me and a mate watching him and thinking, okay, like <laughs> obviously Liverpool's my team, so you're thinking, I'm hoping El Cl- or Klopp was watching this, thinking, oh, maybe he might be next. And then he just seemed to have sort of fizzle out for a while and, and and really go off the boil. But I hope he does find it. Like I, I don't want Leverkusen either. Not that I'm. I'm a massive fan of Leverkusen, but I don't want the team like Leverkusen to lose Havertz and maybe Bailey in the one summer too. Because I don't know, I don't know what you think, but I don't know how they would maybe recover from that going forward. But yeah, it is an interesting one because there was so much talk of him being the next superstar to come out of the Bundesliga, and and you look at him now and you think of like obviously Havertz, Sancho, um, Timo Werner's moving all to Chelsea. Alfonso Davies, who I know Ronan, you're a massive fan of. Like he is, he looks absolutely unbelievable every time you watch him. He he's one of the type of player you want to if you know he's playing, you'll turn the TV on. Um, so yeah, it is interesting. Like to see where these go. I think JD has another question for you. Yes, Ronan. Uh, obviously, it's been a couple of years now since a, a German team won the Champions League. Uh, if it does resume, do you think Bayern Munich can win it this year? Like, obviously, they have a decent team. Like. Arsenal let go of Serge Gnabry, who's absolutely thrived at Bayern Munich, and their their left back's quite possibly one of the best in the world. The moment he's, he's in fantastic form, but what what do you think of Bayern's chances of winning the Champions League this year? Even before maybe the coronavirus break, I would have thought that they were one of the favourites, and they looked like they had a team good enough. And we saw just the way they dismantled Chelsea, and the kind of the fact that they won kind of every game maybe comfortably in in the group stage, and they just kind of being being unstoppable in in the Champions League this season and as well as that probably the fact that the Bundesliga was the first league to return they've had these this extra month of of match fitness that every other team in, in the Champions League won't have so when the Bundesliga finishes they'll probably get a couple of weeks off while they wait for all the rest of the leagues in Europe to finish then the Champions League will probably start and they'll be both fit and kind of injury free hopefully unless they to get major injuries obviously but they should be fit and injury free heading into the Champions League so it gives them maybe even a better chance than they would have had otherwise but even without all this they probably were one of the favourites they just, they just looked unstoppable under Hansi Flick and he seems to have the players kind of ticking and bringing the best out of every player and the, the problems that were there in previous Bayern coaches aren't there that the, the kind of dressing room issues or big names getting fed up and big names getting picked it seems that everyone's kind of singing from the same hymn sheet so they do look like if any, if a German team is going to win the Champions League it, it will be this year and it will be them yeah I and we've talked about this before as well and I've, 
I think it'll be Bayern Munich. I don't think anyone else in Europe um, will stop them this season. I, I know City, obviously, people's favourites, and you never know what Real Madrid and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid are going to do, but I, I can't see anyone um, stopping and them. Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> yes, and Chelsea. Um, Ronan, we know you're absolutely um, flying, flat, out, flat out at the minute, and rightly so. Um, everyone getting you on because you know your stuff about the Bundesliga, and it's great to see. We're going to let you go because um, we don't want to keep you too much. But thanks as always. What did you say? I hope I'm getting redund- redundancy if I'm being let go here. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks as always for coming on. Um, we'll get you on hopefully if you're free in the next couple of weeks to chat more about it. And especially when the, the Champions League returns um, and we all watch in Bayern Munich March to yet another, I think it'll be their sixth um, European Cup. Thanks, Ronan. Thank I really you. appreciate it. All them, Bayern, all them Bayern fans can update their, their Twitter profiles and put one extra star in it, just like all yeah. the Liverpool fans did last season. I don't do that. Like, <laughs> it's, not, like, it's not something. I'm going to get 19 tattooed across my back and then six stars down my arm and then I'll, I'll cross my forehead and all, but I'll wait till all that happens. Like. Well, thanks again, Ronan. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. So, folks, that was Ronan Murphy from Gold.com giving up um, some of his time late on Sunday evening talk to us three uh, numpties um, about all things. One of the busiest things. men in sport at the minute, I would he say. He literally is one of the busiest men in sport. It's wild. Um, and I love to see it because he's, he's such a gentleman and um, he's brilliant and he's a funny fella as well. Um, so we got the, the lowdown on the Bundesliga and the Timo Werner deal and possibly the, where Kai Havertz ends up. And unfortunately for you, Johnny, Mustafi's going to stay with you for life. Balls. <laughs> But we need to finish the show off on Sunday night on a, on a really uh, light and high note. And it's my highlight of the week. Um, even though I have a son, but, you know, he he's only 15 weeks old. He's not really doing much. Um, like, I pass the ball to him, just hits him, and he doesn't pass it back. Like, it's not, it's not a crack, <laughs> he just it. falls over. He just leans <laughs> to say. Um, Johnny, it is your awards. So, as always, the floor is yours, my friend. Take over and off you go. Hello and welcome back to another Johnny Award. Uh, this week, the floor is going to be open to our fellow podcasters, Phil and Brent oh, as well, to get involved right. in this one. Uh, lads, I'm actually quite interested to have a friendly debate. Now, let's not go off on each other here. Let's just let's be sensible. You know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. We don't need no more ratting on the podcast. You know what I mean? So ratting. <laughs> so this week uh, this is one that I kind of want to do for since basically Phil you guys asked me to kind of do this um, it brings me back to 2003 the, the Ballon d'Or was awarded to Pavel Nedved now granted I'm going to be fair I'm going to give all, all the statistics all the facts about this season so Pavel Nedved got the Champions League final but was beat by SC Milan penalties he did win Serie A, uh, scored 14 goals, 17 assists offer over all competitions. So he came first. However, I still feel that Thierry Henry should have won the Ballon d'Or that year. Uh, Henry in the league got 24 goals and 20 assists, which, by the way, have not been beaten yet. Nobody's got more than 20 assists in the Premier League since Henry done it. Overall, in all competitions, he got 32 goals and 28 assists. And he also got 11 goals and 13 at the national games. Now, Henri only won the FA Cup that year, but 2003 was like there was no European, no Euros, no World Cup 
So it was kind of one of the years that people thought Henri probably would have won it because the year before that, the World Cup defence was kind of shite for France. Henri didn't play well, neither did any uh, did Zuzu or any of the other uh, French players. So, like, when you, when you hear those statistics, like, Henri won the FA Cup, but Navier got the Champions League final on Serie A. Now, it is meant to be an individual award, but obviously your, you know, your honours for your club kind of play a role as well. But what, what do you think about that? Like, do you think Henri maybe was, was robbed that year? Because a lot of Arsenal fans, me included, say a lot of he was. And it's just, like, I personally want to take the award off Nedved and give it to Henri because I just think it was an absolute dire disgrace that he, he never won it. But that year in particular. Do you want to go in first, Bretton, or do you want me to go in? Yeah, I, I will, but I'll just ask a quick question. What age was Nedved? Do we know? I have no idea, actually. Because it might have been one of those where he was getting towards the end of his career and they thought he's not going to get another opportunity to win this and we'll just give it to him now. It was like a Ryan Giggs winning the Player of the Year that, that season. <laughs> well, let's not go there, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's a... It might have been a. I don't know if he, if Neved was that old at that time, but we're talking what thirty-one. I think he's yeah, 30. he was definitely older than Henri was. Like, um, <clears throat> so like people maybe thought that Henri would have, uh, and I know that's not the right way to do it, really. Like, um, but I were. This is one of the rare occasions, Jonathan, where I completely one hundred percent agree with you. Um, I think Henri. The st- obviously the stats. Um, the assist stats there are are unbelievable because we've seen um, a lot of amazing sort of um, midfielders throughout the year, throughout the years in the Premier League, really, who all they're kind of they don't score goals, all they're doing is assisting, and they haven't been able to break that record. So for him to be scoring that amount of goals, but um, assisting that amount as well, um, was really impressive that year, and I think. Like there was no international tournament, but the Confederations Cup was on that year, and Henri scored a winning goal as well. Um, so any you know tournament that was on, he he showed up, um, and he was, I think, a deserved winner that year. So I I would I would go for for Henri there. Yeah, I would say I I think to Henri's. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head of a footballer that hasn't deserved it more that didn't get it. Do you know what I mean? I think there was a period there where Thierry Henry was the best footballer on the... No, no, come on. On the planet. Um, (laughs) Thierry Henry, I think, was the best footballer on the planet for like three or four years, if I'm honest. Like, that's right. I think I know people will say Ronaldinho, and yeah, Ronaldinho was brilliant as well, and, and obviously Brazilian Ronaldo, yeah, brilliant as well, but... Henri for me was right in the bracket with those three, all of those two. Like I thought he was absolutely outstanding at times, and he, he's one of those players change the game, win a game whenever he wanted to. So yeah, it was it was a strange one. Um, Nedved was unreal, obviously too, like a brilliant footballer. But uh, like it's it's that thing again where they they do give it to players, um, seemingly because of well they did they give it to players because they won the Champions League, and then last year obviously they they gave it to Messi when he didn't win it. Well, it should have went to Van Dyke, but we'll not go there. This is Johnny's awards. Um, so yeah, there's no <laughs> argument here, Johnny. I, I totally, I, I fully endorse this award. Take it off Nedved and give it to Thierry Henry. Um, fully. So he, so in our eyes, Thierry Henry won the Ballon d'Or in 2003, which is pretty cool. Like fair play. Yeah. 
I think uh, Paolo, Paolo Mandini was actually in for it that year as well. He came third. Yeah, I think Andre finished maybe, did I read it? it, was like 90 votes or something behind Nedved, which is fucking nuts like, to think that. Even in, like the year after, he didn't win it the year after for the Invincible season, but you know, I, think, I can't remember who won it that year. Might have been Ronaldinho who won it that year, but it's uh, it's just crazy. Like, to think there should be. What? Sorry, go ahead. Like he never won it. Like you know, like you, Brian, you know yourself. Like between Messi and Ronaldo, like there's been years that probably Ronaldo should have won it when Messi got it. Yeah, but, and vice versa, probably. Yeah, yeah. So like you kind of see like the argument with those two, and kind of it's just maybe I just think it's favoritism sometimes rather than like Messi and Ronaldo are on different level. You know, there's going to be no debate. It's going to be between them two every year. But like back then, nobody had won it. You know, consecutively since like I don't know. I think Messi was the first one since was it the nineties or something or early or late late eighties maybe that somebody yeah. won it two years now. So yeah, it was just I just I've never got over it. I've never got over it. Lads. It just it just fucking pisses me off. Okay, well, this is voice. This is what this feature is about, Jonathan. You, you can you know re award awards and then the yeah, well, they, well, they count. When, in when, all you, of our when you told me when you said to me about this, like this was the first one I said use, but I also said use. I'm not gonna do it for a while. But I said that this is the week I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So Thierry Henry is the god of the king. And that's it. There you are. And do you know who did win it? Roberto Baggio. Boom. Roasted. Phil's wearing his Baggio top tonight for anyone who can't see him. I got it on Tuesday. I haven't had it had off me yet. Um, it's absolutely glorious. I might get it stitched into my skin so I never have to take it off. Have you had any penalties? I don't know why you would do that. Well, he, he took a penalty with Finn and top bag. Like, uh, just curled him right into the top bag. Like. I didn't <laughs> he, tried, slip, he tried to date his magnum. So, I didn't you know. slip in the hole like John Terry either. Ooh, Stevie goodness. G slept though. Oh. And he slept trying to sign Werner. Well, I'm good looking well, slept too. Like, so. Well, everyone Everybody's is. slipping like, come on. Like, come well, on. We're, Dave, we're, we're, we're getting off topic here on the sports bubble. Um, Lads, thanks again, as always, for um, doing our little podcast. Uh, Johnny, thank you for your awards. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's great to have my own segment of the, of the pod. Brenton, thanks for not rubbing it in my face too much about Timo Werner. No problem. I tried my very best. Uh, and I'll Ronan. Thanks once again for coming on, even though you've gone now, but thank you. Um, folks, we're still going on the Sports Babble with all our podcasts. We have a couple more lined up this week. Um so I'll be talking to J.E. Skeets from the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network, um, which for me is massive. I'll not sleep now until Tuesday night. And then myself and Steve will be back on I think thir- Wednesday or Thursday to talk more about the NBA and NFL. He's going to go through some um, rules and different things and educate me more on that. And hopefully we will have something to do with golf coming very soon. But as is, always... Uh, so is, is Steve going to tell you how Giannis is going to bounce all over LeBron in the playoffs? Uh, no, I don't. Th- I think I th- I'm not sure what he's going to say because he texted me earlier to say about Giannis joining the Warriors. Yeah, I've heard heard uh, this rumor going about. That's the NBA over again then, if that happens. But um, yeah, I'll ask him anyway. I'll ask him what he, what he thinks. Um, or you can come on and ask him. But folks, as always, catch our all our social media stuff across um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, just check for at the Sports Babble. Any questions for the podcast, you can fire them in there. Or if you want, you can drop us an email at thesportsbabble at gmail.com. 
And um, thanks again for listening. And hopefully speak to you soon. Good luck.